Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Boy, oh boy, let's, uh, let's remember, let's get locked in and focused. Uh, we're talking about, we're, we're talking about being trained by Jesus. And in, in our context, right, that may seem kind of dull and maybe even, you know, offensive. But as he is the king of the kingdom, man, what an honor. What, what an honor for the king to not, to not wait for us to come and be great and good and, and perfect before he'll train us and teach us and you know, lavish us with grace. He, the, the king has come up to us and he's, he's asked us, hey, come and be with me. And, and you know, that's, that's amazing, I think. Um, you know, that's, that's one of those things we can meditate on time and time again to remember this. What, a, what an absolute honor it is for the king to invite us to follow him. That, that we would be trained by him, that, that it isn't just a classroom, right? It, it, it'd be great. It'd be awesome to hear Jesus preach. And, and he did at times. But then there were those times just, uh, you know, watching him interact with people. And so here's our job 2,000 years later, is how can we lock in our minds? And, and here's the good news, is when you're baptized into Christ and you get the Holy Spirit, that makes a huge difference in this, okay? Because it's not just me trying in my imagination to get back to that place. It's this idea of the Holy Spirit of Jesus that's inside of us is man locked in, all right? That, that's a good thing, all right? It's just not, not us trying to get locked in. And so um, let's take a minute and just slow down, right? Slow our minds down, slow our thoughts down. No need to be thinking about you know, what we're doing afterwards or what's going on this week or what needs to be cleaned at the house or anything like that, okay? We get this opportunity and hopefully that hasn't been going on because, man, what a great time. I love Brent sharing uh, what he shared. I love the singing. It's just great being with brothers and sisters. It's great being able to open up and, and get this going. So hopefully you're grateful this morning. And again, just kind of locking our minds into um, God in us, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, who teaches and convicts us in righteousness and judgment. And so, um, so again, um, let's take a second and pray, right? And again, I just pray where you are. Talk to Jesus, right? Whatever needs to be said for the, the distractions to go away. So, so we can really in, like to make the most of this very short time we have together each week. So go ahead and pray, and then we'll continue from there, okay? Father, thanks for um, just your grace. You, you've given us so much just in the last 10 minutes, Father, um, that, that we don't deserve, 
We don't deserve good things. We, we deserve judgment and punishment. We deserve things where, you know, we mistreat people very easily. All of us do. Father, I, I don't know what it's like looking down and looking and seeing all of us here, but thank you for your grace. Thanks that you love us. Thanks that you see us as better than we are, Father, through the blood of your Son. Thank you for that. Um, but I pray, Father, that we are engaged with you um, because of that goodness, be, because of that great news, because of that grace, Father. I pray, help us to hear your words, but let them sink in. And Father, challenge us. Please challenge our hearts uh, to be like you, to, to be great students of you, to be great proclaimers of your word, Father. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okie dokie. Luke 18. So last week, Ben, great job, man. I mean, the rich young ruler. Um, everybody feel like you got that? You locked in this week? You're like, yeah, man. It doesn't matter. Jesus can come up, tell me whatever he wants to tell me. And I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. Feeling locked in like that? <laughs> that's, that's a tough one, isn't it? That, that's a tough one. Because here, here's the thing. Once you get to a, a place where you're like, okay, what would he ask me? Um, man, you know, Jesus knows... So here's the funny thing. When I, when I worked in athletic training, th this was what was really, it wasn't fun. I'm sure maybe the nurses have experiences like this too. You know, somebody comes in and they're injured and you know exactly where it hurts. All right. And this happened to Brett not too long ago. Brett, Brett sprained his ankle and I'm like, sweet. I know exactly where it hurts. All right. But it's all swollen and, 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 you, and you just, you push right where it hurts. Right? Well, the nurses don't, don't, don't admit to doing that, okay? But as a threat, you do. You're like, if I hit that, it's going to really get in there, okay? And, and here's the crazy thing. Jesus isn't trying to hurt us, but he knows exactly where that thing is that's hindering us. He, he knows exactly where it is uh, that, that is getting in the way because he's looking at us and he's going, man, guys, I, I came so you'll have life to the full and there's this thing. And for this rich young ruler, it was his riches, it, it may be even more substantial for us today, right? We have a lot. I mean, I don't know what the riches were that this ruler had, but we have riches. Every one of us, we, we, have, we have crazy riches in our life. And, uh, and, and when you have those for a long period of time, you know what ends up happening is we think the riches are just how life should be, right? Like, you know, if... Listen, if, if my Hulu is not working and the game is playing, I'm like, that's a necessity, right? That's a need. I've got to have that because it feels like my day's just not going to be great, okay? But it isn't. Internet's not a necessity, right? Money's, I, I know you're going to go, come on, Keith. For real, though, all right? It's because Jesus is telling us, man, there's going to be all kinds of circumstances. Here's his message through this. He's enough. He's enough. All right. You get thrown in jail. All right. Because Jesus is enough. What do I need, mean by that? I don't mean some like Christianese saying. I mean that our love is so deep and our connection so strong that we're like, oh, OK, we're in jail. I would rather not be mistreated. I would rather not be whatever. But man, I wouldn't trade anything for what it's like to be with Jesus. Right. And not because we go, oh, everything's perfect here, but because knowing that there's hope later. Right. That there's this hope of going, man, you could you could stick me in a closet 
for as long as you want to. And the amount of time I have to do that is minuscule compared to the eternity that we get to be with Jesus. Right? That's a good thing here. Okay. And so, so you had the rich young ruler and, 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 and then the rich young ruler, you know, it's interesting. Jesus, Jesus says what he said. He's like, you know, you have to sell everything. That's tough to hear. And, and then he went away sad. D- does anybody here like to make people sad? <laughs> you know, we hate doing that. Right. And, and, and you know, if somebody walks away sad, you kind of want to go after them. Like, I don't want to let you walk away sad. What, what's this guy going to say about Jesus? He's going to walk away sad. And, and, and Jesus took it as an opportunity to teach. Okay. And so, again, there's so much about what we're used to in, in our own kind of age, like Brent was talking about in Romans 12, kind of like the, the conformity to our age. Like in our society, the worst thing that could happen is for us to say something to somebody that they walked away sad. Except we see our king doing it. All right, we, we see him doing that. And we're going, well, why is that? That seems so weird. Are we following a king that wouldn't even fit in? If he came, if he came here, would we ask him to leave? Right, we're going, come on, man, treat people better. Or are we going, hold on a minute, there's, there's something to this here. All right, and he says how hard it is to, for the rich to enter the kingdom. I want to start today in verse 29, okay? So I'm, I'm bumping up right against where Ben was finishing up. And in verse 28, actually, look at this, what, what Peter says here. He says, look, like, like Jesus, don't, don't forget us here. We've left everything we have and, uh, to follow you. All right, so, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> Could you imagine Peter? He's hearing this. He's like, man, who can be saved? Well, you know, and then he's like, but look, no, 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 no. Here's the deal. Look, we've left everything we had and we followed you. Okay, now, now here's, here's what me and you have got to do with this passage. We've got to kind of, not today, but on our own. This is one to camp out on. Because it's very easy for us to look at this and go, oh, see, there was just a few people that had to do this, like, like the apostles and the rich young ruler and Zacchaeus. And we kind of break it down into just these like very few people that we see with this radical expression of discipleship. Except what's interesting is, is we're just, something's being illustrated here. And in fact, it's what Jesus calls every disciple to do. We're just seeing it illustrated. We're seeing it illustrated with the rich young ruler and with Zacchaeus. We're seeing, take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. All right? that, that doesn't mean that's a different level than what these guys were doing. We're just seeing what that meant. All right? And, that, and that, that right there just might be challenging because we're like, I don't like Christianity to be that way. I don't want following Jesus to be that way. I don't want it to be so difficult. I don't want to be like looking, you know, I, I don't like that. I like there being two levels of Christianity. I like there being people who really do this, and then I like me. Right? Except that's not what Jesus is saying here. That's not what he's teaching. That's not what he's teaching ever. Okay? He says, we've left everything. And then Jesus said, I assure you. Okay? And that's awesome. I love that. I assure you. All right? There's no truer words than Jesus saying, I assure you. Okay? I assure you of this. There's no one who's left a house, left a wife, a brother, a parent, a child because of the kingdom of God 
who will not receive many times more at this time and eternal life in the age to come. All right, so that, that's a, that's a wake-up call. Like, for us to ask ourselves, do I really believe what he's saying here, okay? Are you telling me that there are people that left a house for the kingdom of God? That was so first century. <laughs> right? And those guys didn't understand. They didn't have a house like mine. They left a house. You mean there are people that left their wife for the kingdom of God? All right? And, and we're not going to get into all divorce theology right now. <laughs> okay? We're, we're not going to all go through all of these kind of things. That left parents, children, because of the kingdom of God. All right. That, that's one to marinate on. Here's what I learned as I read this, and it's an embarrassing truth. All right. I don't ever want to challenge somebody like this. I don't ever want to do it. Right? I don't want to be the guy that's like, yeah, maybe, maybe you do need to sell your house. I don't want to be the guy that someone's saying that to me. <laughs> right? Hey, Keith, man, why don't you consider that? Right? This is, this is getting in the way, just like the rich young ruler's riches were getting in the way. They were getting in the way of... But isn't it very easy to go, but I've, I don't commit adultery, and I don't commit murder, and I don't steal, and I don't bear false witness. All of these things of morality and goodness I've done since a child. I've never done anything bad to hurt anybody. I've never kidnapped, raped, stole, any of those kind of things, right? I mean, the vast majority of, like, Clemson can probably say that. And go, why isn't that enough? Say, well, here's the deal is, is, is Satan's not a fool. Satan's not a fool at all. Satan's like, I don't even have to get you to do bad things. I just need to get you to love something. Love something that you won't give up. Love something that we're going to justify going, no, I can follow Jesus, but this is going to direct my steps. Okay, see, that's how we know who's Lord. It's who directs our steps. All right, so when we look at our lives and we're going, okay, no, Jesus is Lord, but everything else in my life, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slave to everything else, then, then this takes real intellectual honesty on all our behalves is to look into our lives and to really pray and to really fast and ask God to reveal to us, um, you know, this idea of, man, we may, be, we may be fooling ourselves. You know, Jesus may come up to us and he may say this, he may come up and say, man, I love you so much. I love you. I need you to know that. But one thing, man, there's one thing holding you back. There's one reason why the fruits of the Holy Spirit aren't just like, popping out all over the place. There's one thing, and it's going to be difficult. All right? And, and again, it's not, it, this isn't the job of somebody to fish it out of you. <laughs> okay? It just isn't. This is for us to go, oh, man, would I even fit in with the disciples of the first century? And understand, we know this. They weren't perfect, right? We, we know they weren't perfect. But there's a difference between perfect, like, behavior and attitude and all that and commitment and loyalty to Jesus right there's a difference in marriage in hey you want to know what there are times I mess up as a husband and then there's unfaithfulness 
right? There's, there's a difference in those two, okay? And what Jesus is calling us to is ultimate loyalty to him. This loyalty that comes above houses and relationships and money and all of these things and go, no, no, I don't need all of that. I just need Jesus, right? And along the way, we're going to mess up and we're going to say dumb things and we're going to make mistakes, all right? But that's very different than not being loyal to Jesus, completely loyal to Jesus here. And so th- this is just one of those things. And, and you think about it, again, this was very difficult to kind of pull apart for me because I saw how much I conformed to this age of Christianity. Okay. How much I conformed to this age of Christianity. Right. How many times I've studied the Bible with people? How many times I've gotten together with brothers? How many times I've preached? Right? And it's, and it's in a way to say, no, no, let me make Christianity seem as palatable as possible so you'll like Jesus. Let me do that, right? It's so easy, okay? I think if somebody were to come to me and say, Keith, you want to know what, man? For the kingdom of God, I need to get rid of my house. I'd be scared to know what I would say to them. Hey, Keith, I think for the kingdom of God, I think I need to get out of this relationship. Right? You know, embarrassingly enough, I wonder if the first thing that comes out of my mind is, well, let's not go too far. Hey, Keith, for the kingdom of God, I need to quit my job and do something else. Something I wasn't trained to do. Something I didn't go to school to do. But for the kingdom of God... I need to do it. I wonder even as a church, if we would go, come on, pump the brakes on that. And again, think of the rebuke that would come to us in the first century. (laughs) You have somebody going, listen, I'm telling you, my wife is into witchcraft and she's turning everything into frogs and unicorns and all these things. And she's trying to kill me and and she hates Jesus and all of these things. And I have to get away. Hold up, man. That's your wife you're talking about. That's your house. That's your child. Again, what we end up doing is we start seeing like people who left their child. Immediately in our minds, we think, oh, like what? Some three-year-old kid, you're sick and tired of taking care of him, so you leave him somewhere? No. We're talking about getting in the way. Right? And and it's really tough. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's really tough to take a look at our family and see that our kids are getting in the way. That happens. In fact, it's, it's, it's actually, here's the thing is, it's, it's encouraged. Like your kids should run your life. All right? You guys have figured this out already. All right? I didn't become a professional baseball player. <laughs> okay? I still daydream about it. I'd love to be a professional baseball player. It'd be great. Man, that's all I wanted to do. All right? Here's the interesting thing, and I hope this isn't news to any of us, but some of you are going to start having kids, all right, and your kids are going to grow up. Some of us have kids, and there's a really good chance that none of our kids ever play a professional sport, that they never get a scholarship, all right? There's a really good chance, and that doesn't mean, no, we don't let them, but it's the idea of going, hold on a minute, have fun, enjoy this, right? But it's the idea of, of seeking first the kingdom of God. Right, I mean, that, that's the thing right there, right? Is, is how often, this is the conversation me and you should be having. Is, is how comfortable do we feel saying, is that seeking first the kingdom of God? 
Okay, because then things start to change, right? And, and remember now, Matthew 6, 33. This is the beautiful connection point. That whole section of Matthew 6 right there at the end, the last 24, 25, about not worrying anymore. Boy, how much would you pay if you never had to worry again? How much would you invest in? How, like if there was a program you could join monthly and they promised you you would not worry anymore how much money would you sink into that how many hundreds right how much would get sunk into it? you mean i don't have to worry anymore and then jesus is going hold on i got a better thing and it's free seek first the kingdom of god right don't worry don't worry don't worry all through matthew 6 hey instead seek first the kingdom of god go well hold on i can take a little worry <laughs> right okay okay well let's not go that far like i'll take worry as long as i can get other things isn't that amazing how much we we just embrace that and certainly you want to know what there there are there are types of anxiety and all that kind of stuff that is biological and we're not talking about that but we're talking about just trained worldly worry how much we're willing to accept so that we don't necessarily have to seek first the kingdom But that's what Jesus is promising here. He's saying people have left, right? I got to thinking as I was just writing things down. I was like, you don't know what? Um, There's lots of things. There's places we have to leave, people we have to leave, situations we have to leave, money we have to leave. I don't know. I don't know what the thing is, right? All I know is as a community, this is so important for us to keep in mind, to ask the questions because I think sometimes it can be okay like for the brother or sister to leave something for their gain. Right? That, like we, we're all okay with that. Oh, man, that's a better job? Yeah, no problem. Right? And then we have immediate justification going on. Well, there's a church there. <laughs> there's a church there. Like that's equal to seeking first the kingdom. Right? We have a lot of justification about all these things, right? I don't know if I want to leave this relationship. I don't, want, I don't know if I want to read. Re, you know, if I, if, I, if I leave this job, what do I do if I have less money? Then we live on less money. All right, this is the connection, okay? Can you, can you, can you imagine how tough this would be to hear this from Jesus? <laughs> He's going, man, guys, people have left all these things for the kingdom of God. I, I wonder why in our generation, in our age, we don't see that as much. Why is that the unicorn? Right? Why, why aren't we, like, encouraging one another with this radical discipleship? All right? I just, these are things that, like, pop into my mind. And I'm going, man, you know what it reminds me of? Discipleship requires decision. Right? Think about how many things we do in a day that we kind of, we, we don't even think about making a decision. We just kind of go with it. And we have made a decision, but... Not an intentional decision. Discipleship requires an intentional decision in every situation. In, in things we buy, in relationships we have, in our relationship with money, in our relationship with the world is intentional. Because here's the thing is, is, is without intentional decision making, we just go down the stream with the rest of the world. We're, we're just going along. We're, we're just floating down the stream with the rest of evangelical Christianity. Instead of going, hold on a minute, we've got to make some decisions here. Now, here's the great thing, okay? 
And I hope you guys are as grateful about this as I am. I love being a part of this body. Because here's the thing. I see brothers and sisters fighting for this attitude. I love that. I love that we don't have to study these things out. And it's like speaking Greek, right? It's like, no, man, I get it. See, here's the thing. The the issue, I think, with us here is not, no, I won't do that. It's how do we encourage one another to really like dig into ourselves, like let me get into my true motivation. And then how do we encourage one another, really encourage one another to go for it, to go for this, to go for this kind of radical discipleship, right? That's tricky. That, it's a tricky thing, right? It can be a little bit uncomfortable. But it's this completely bought into Jesus's way. It's going, if Jesus says this, it must be right. It has to be the way. Like there can't be another way around it, okay? And so again, this intentional decision-making, seeking first the kingdom of God, this, this idea for us to step back and take a very hard inventory. I, I find for myself, if I start, if I take five or 10 minutes, I'm take, take a little bit of time to take a personal inventory. It takes me about 15 or 20 minutes of writing a list until I stop lying to myself. Okay. See, I can, I can come up with 15 or 20 things that sound very Christian. And then as I go, I'm going, hold on a minute. This isn't real. Right? These decisions in the way out. No, 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 no. Let me get down and take a deep inventory on my motivation, a deep inventory on me loving Jesus, a deep inventory on sin in my life, right? And again, it's going to take time because we're all going to lie to ourselves, right? We, we are. I mean, if you're, if you're absolutely perfectly like, amen, that's awesome. But, but most of us, our deal is ourself, right? And then Jesus goes on. So, so here's this whole deal. Rich young ruler, they go on down there. He, he starts talking about, hey, no one's left anything that won't receive a hundred times as much, right? Isn't that awesome? He said, in this present age, in this present age, right? I, I remember when I made a decision to become a disciple, when I made, when I made decisions that didn't make people happy in my life, okay? And, and that happens. It happens more times than I like it to happen, all right? You know what's really amazing? God does not disappoint all right. And it didn't make it any better when when my mom and my family was saying like, no, they were totally against this. They didn't want me to become a disciple or or people didn't want us to move or people or whatever. And going, man, it is so great. It doesn't make it easier when people are upset with you. But God doesn't disappoint to just bring people in. You're like, oh, my goodness, a hundred times as much. And sometimes it's not a hundred times as much numerically, but it's a hundred times as much just emotionally and spiritually and all of that. Cause, cause we can go, hold on a minute. Where's my hundred? <laughs> okay. Right. I got about 80. So I'm going to complain about the other 20, right? No, 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 no. This is like, man, I'm going to give you exactly what you need. Could you imagine if the rich young ruler heard that? If you would have stuck around just a little bit longer and he said, right, man, rich young ruler, I don't know what your name was. Rich young ruler, I assure you, everything you give away, buddy, you will not miss it. In fact, you will be richer a hundred times. 
in this present age. Materially? Well, I mean, here's the funny thing about that is, is that, that when we start asking that, it starts revealing our hearts. Like, like okay, Jesus, are you going to give me material things? Because that's who I love. Right? Or is it going to be this spiritual, emotional, full life, joy beyond circumstances, a hundred times more in this life? And then he says, and then on top of that, hold on, put your seatbelts on, eternal life. Oh, man, that sounds like a great idea. I mean, that's amazing to me. What, what a good deal, right? And then he says, okay, verse 31. Then, then he took the 12 aside and he told them, listen, okay, this is vitally important in Jesus' ministry, all right? At the, up until this point, Jesus had been going around, and he's been training his guys, and he's been teaching them, and he's been proclaiming the gospel, and now here's what's going to happen. He's saying, guys, now's the time. Every step we take from here is one step closer to me dying. Like, that's our next, that's our next destination. It's not the Sea of Galilee. It's not the Jordan River. We are going to Jerusalem for me to die, okay? And this is what he says here in verse 31. He took the 12. Listen, we're going to Jerusalem. Everything that's written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. He'll be handed over to the Gentiles. He'll be mocked, insulted, spit on. And after they flog him, they'll kill him. And he'll rise on the third day. So here's what's cool about that. Jesus just gave the cliff notes of what Easter was going to be. All right, he's like, if there's any debate, guys, he's going to say, listen, on the fourth day, you're going to think about this, and you're going to go, oh, my goodness, how did he do that? Oh, man, he, he must have actually been Jesus. Jesus said everything will happen the way the prophets said they will happen. All right, this is an amazing little nugget right here. This is amazing because here's the thing is, when Jesus calls people to follow him, he's asking us to believe in the supernatural. He's asking us to believe in what's not seen. He's asking us not just to believe it, but to trust it and to act on it. Right? Boy, I'll tell you what, that's craziness. But he says, listen, here's the deal. Everything's going to happen. I'm going to, here's the cliff notes. You can replay this afterwards, okay? And in verse 34, in normal fashion, they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Essentially what that section is saying right there is they had no context to even understand what he was talking about. Right? They were like, what, what, are, what does that even mean? Jesus wasn't like magically like keeping things hidden from them, okay? He was just saying they had no context to even get this. So here's the interesting thing, and, 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 and this is for us. This is for us as a community of disciples, right? Is how, like, can I do this the way Jesus did it, right? Could I have a conversation with somebody where I'm going, hey, let me walk you through this. I know it's tough. Man, I know it's tough. One of my favorite nights of the week is, is, is we have an international student family group. And for most of the people reading the Bible, this is their first time reading the Bible. All right. And, and here's what I love most about it is, is how honest and how raw it is when they see things that we've seen, th- seen for years. So we see miracles of Jesus. We're like, oh, yeah, 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 he did a miracle. 
But when you've never heard of that and you've never seen it and you have to fight and wrestle through that, all right, something maybe we have never done before. Could we walk with somebody and go, listen, this isn't random. This isn't a guy that just wanted to do good. I know it's hard to believe in miracles. I know it's hard to believe in the difficulty, it seems, of discipleship. I know it's difficult to be asked to leave your life. I understand that, but understand this. It's been talked about from the beginning. Okay? Turn over to Luke chapter 24. Jesus does this again. He does this after he rises from the dead. In Luke 24, uh, he's, he, Jesus starts walking with these two guys who are leaving Jerusalem. They're walking to Emmaus. They're kind of arguing with one another. And they start telling Jesus, this is what's happened in Jerusalem. These are the things that happen. And they essentially come to the conclusion that Jesus is just a prophet. He's just a prophet that died. And then in verse 25, Jesus steps in. He said to them, how unwise and slow you are to believe in your hearts all that the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them all the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. That's a challenge right there. That's a challenge. Jesus essentially is converting these guys only with Old Testament passages. <laughs> okay. He told everything about himself. All right. So this is really, I think, as being trained as students of Jesus, could, do you feel great about doing that? Do you feel great about going back and going, hold on a minute, what, what did Moses say about Jesus? Right? Well, he said that there's going to be one greater than him in Deuteronomy 18. Moses spoke about Jesus a couple times. Right? What did the prophets say? The prophets, if you take Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53, you take the prophets writing really explicitly about Jesus. You take Micah 5, they talk explicitly about where Jesus would be born. So the goal here isn't to make a list of these things. But, but here's the fascinating thing. is Could you tell the story of your mom and dad, maybe? Could you tell the story of your brother or sister, like in your family? Can you tell the story of a good friend of yours? Is there somebody that you know that you know the story of their life? Right? And the story of their life might be inspiring to you. It, it may even be a movie character. Uh, I, seriously, I mean, we, we, we may have that. Like, oh, I remember all 12 Friday the 13th, right? Don't watch that, by the way. That's not, no. Clemson Foothills Church does not say to go watch those movies, okay? But, but here's the thing is, is, do you know someone and, and their life mesmerizes you and inspires you? That Jesus is going, man, this is what I want to pass along to people. Is, don't you know about me in the Old Testament? Don't you know about Moses and the prophets and the Psalms? Don't you know that about me? All right. That's the challenge for us. Not here's the deal. All right. Not for us to just have a script that we read out, but something that just flows out of us. This is not an academic exercise. This is a family exercise. This is about loving God and loving Jesus and being curious about where does our father come from? Right? How did he get where he is? Okay, so what's the homework to that? The homework is to go back and just start looking at that. I gave you some to start out with, right? 
is Deuteronomy 18, Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 53, and Psalm 22, and Micah 5. Right? You start going there and learning about Jesus in the Old Testament. And learning about this idea of the crucifixion and the resurrection was never a secret. Right? That should be very encouraging to me and you. Especially after hearing the previous teaching. <laughs> okay, When you hear a hard teaching... And then you see Jesus basically teach about himself. Hopefully the result is, if, if that Jesus is God here on earth, if, if he is, then what he's asking us is the only thing that makes sense to do. Right. It's the only thing. Nothing else makes sense. There's no entertainment. There's no food. There's no money. There's no property. There's no possessions that make any kind of sense if Jesus is actually who he says he is, okay? And that's the challenge for us, all right? Because when you go to Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed anymore to this age, all right? Me and you could make some arguments why it makes sense to have lots of money, why it makes sense to have lots of things, why it makes sense to have lots of lots of just random relationships why we could we could come up and say well this is why this makes sense this makes sense why you wouldn't make these radical decisions and that should tell us right there how conformed we are to the world that that right there is it right and so our goal is can i get my mind wrapped around this idea of if jesus said it that's the only thing that makes sense if uh, if a resurrected jesus said this this is the only thing that makes sense. What do I take away from this, okay? We've been doing some prayer points. We've been talking about, okay, what is it that I leave here with and really praying with and digging into, okay? First of all, here's my prayer, is that we as a community, that, that we really courageously take an internal inventory of ourselves, all right? Here's what's not courageous, taking an inventory of someone else, Okay? It just isn't. It doesn't take anything, all right? It's me and you and the find the scary stuff, okay? Because here's the thing. This is what worries me about that first section we were talking about is every generation that goes on. See, you all know what? You may have been reading this and said, I never had to leave anything, right? I mean, I mean our kids grow up. Like, I got my kids growing up in the church here, and they're going to get to a place to study the Bible, there you go. What do I have to leave? Mom and dad are disciples. Oh, did, did they just find like the cheat code? Right? Here's what we have to do. All right? When, when our kids want to become disciples, they've got to leave something. All right? our, they're not angels. All right? They, they haven't figured out how to be sinless. All right? We, we, we can't do that. All right? It's got to be, when we're studying the Bible with people, they're not angels. I don't care what you say. We always say it. The person we're studying by with, man, that person is so awesome. No, they're not. Just like me and you aren't. Okay? But we get so enamored at how good the world is, we don't stop to go, dude, you've got to leave this to follow Jesus. You mean my family? Yes, your family. You mean my job? Yes. Your job is getting in the way. If we're going to be like Jesus, but my fear is especially, man, with our kids, I'm fearful with this with my children, is that they grow up and they never realize they've got to leave something. 
all right? And they forget. And you want to know what's funny is, is some of the most really fired up, intense, radical, loving disciples, when you talk to them and you dig in, you go back a ways and you're going, man, they left some things. They did leave houses. They did leave relationships. They did leave money and continue to do that, all right? So hopefully we're praying that we have the courage to not just assess ourselves, but to call one another higher, right? Hopefully we have the courage, not just the courage to say it, but the courage to hear it, all right? I hope that's something we're praying about. I hope we're praying about not just learning a script. Like that's another one of my prayer points is I don't want to know a script of Jesus' life. I don't know know, know a script of it. I want to be enamored by his life. See, I've never read anything. I don't know if you have. I've never read anything before that prophesied someone's life and they did it. Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, people, people buy books on all kinds of crazy people saying that. But we have something legitimate here. I'm praying for me, for my family, and for us, right, that, that we have a renewed, a repentant heart that just softens to God and who he is and how loving he is and how incredible it is to be with him, that he really does revive our curiosity in him, okay? So, so again, man, I would really encourage us, go back this section, we're going to continue through Luke 18. Okay, we're going to continue going on through it. There's another section. But don't forget, go back and keep... This is rich teaching, man. I mean, he's hitting on all kinds of stuff. Prayer, humility, sacrifice, discipleship. Man, it's tough. It's tough. Don't forget, right? Number one, keep asking yourself, what's the good news? <laughs> Why would I do this? That's a huge question to ask. Why would I ever do this? And then secondly, here's the crazy thing. We just got done with Thanksgiving, so it's kind of corny, right? But I will tell you, um, a vibrant, active life of gratitude. (laughs) Okay? And not just for things that we have, but look at who God has put in our life. We we have it good. (laughs) Okay? I mean, you look around. Listen, I'm going to tell you in the body of Christ, we don't have, you're not looking around going, oh, there's an enemy, there's an enemy, uh-uh. You look around, we're going, man, we have it pretty good. You know? And that's something to really be grateful for. And I hope we're praying for each other in gratitude. 